0: Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled to have on Hannah Hornstein, who is an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, Over two decades, helping people build business, become financially literate, and financially educated, uh, we go into all kinds of great things, uh, mostly you know about around how we can create more control over our financial lives, especially in light of the current uh, economic situation going on in the world today. So there's all kinds of great nuggets here. Uh, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Hannah Hornstein And one of the things that I'm hoping you will see at this point is that we are extremely focused on living a better life. And one of the most important components of that is getting the direction and the one-on-one work that you need in order to live better. So I am a strong proponent of coaching. I do a lot of coaching myself. And I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to please do what many other people have done. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. There's no obligation to you whatsoever uh, to see if we might be a good fit to work together. And if that might not be the case, I would be thrilled to introduce you to any of the multitude of options and networks and people that I know who could provide that help. So, again, please reach out via social channels, whatever it might be. I don't think I'm too hard to find. Certainly not, I hope. And uh, and, and let me know how I could be of benefit to you. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to have on someone we've known for a very long time. Fantastic. A, a, a real um, an, an industry leader. A, a, a person who we've seen and known very in-depth as someone that cares deeply about people is a business rock star, Hannah Hornstein. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So Hannah, tell me a little bit. I, we were just in the kind of the pre, in the pre talk talk, you were telling me about your mission statement. Tell me a little bit about your mission statement, the business that you built and how you got started.
1: Sure. Um, so I'll tell you how I got started first. Cause that kind of leads into all of this, but, um, I, basically while i was in high school i started working um, regular jobs Um, you know i can't call it nine to five because i was in high school but i just was working jobs and i realized very very quickly that i didn't like that i didn't like working for somebody else i didn't like working for a paycheck i didn't like being told what to do and so initially i thought that was a problem and i didn't know what i was really going to do with my life not being able to hold down a job so, I ended up studying for my real estate license, knowing that that was a way for me to essentially become self-employed. So, at 18 years old, became a real estate agent, and you know you're kind of thrown to the wolves with that because I literally remember um, working for Century 21, and I had this desk, and there was a phone, and there was a phone book, and they essentially said, you know, here's some script style for dollars, and I was on my own. And so, you know, here I am trying to find people that wanted to either buy or sell a home. And we were in the middle of some, you know, bad economic times. We just had an earthquake in uh, San Fernando Valley. So I wasn't really able to have an income because, again, I was self employed. So I had part time jobs, you know, during this. Um, Ended up starting my own marketing company, thinking if I couldn't sell homes, I would market to other realtors (laughs) um, on the internet, actually that didn't work. So ended up getting into uh, mortgage loan sales because I figured, okay, I needed to do something to generate an income. And I would at least be able to work with people already found their homes. I would just get them the financing, but still it was a self-employment journey where if I wasn't closing a loan, if I wasn't doing a transaction, I wasn't earning any money. So, you know, I was, it was one of those things where I had to live on credit cards and every time I would be able to you know, close a loan, I would pay my bills. But that stress, the stress of not knowing when my next paycheck was going to come was eating me alive. And so I just remember a friend of mine who had a steady paycheck. She had a job. She invited me to a seminar for a company that she was getting involved in. And so I go to the seminar and they were teaching us principles about money. And I had really no interest in financial services or anything of the financial realm, but I'm sitting in the seminar and they start talking about the, you know, the laws of compounding interest and, you know, the rules of money. And I just remember sitting there and essentially they were talking about how do you double your money? How do you grow your money? And I didn't have any to grow. You know, I was broke, literally completely broke. So my first thought was, this isn't for me. I don't have any money to invest. I don't have anything to save. I'm broke. But then they started talking about credit card debt. And they said, look, if you have debt and your debt is you know, being charged these interest rates and you're making minimum payments, your debt is going to grow and it's going to compound. So I remember sitting in this room and watching this presentation. And I had never seen this before. I had never been educated about this stuff before. so you know, essentially four or five years in college, all these years in high school. And i had never learned about how money works. And mind you, I was a realtor loan officer selling mortgage rates and I didn't know how money worked. So I just remember sitting in the room and thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I was $30,000 in credit card debt at 22 years old My credit cards were somewhere in the 30% interest rate, 29% interest rate. And I just remember thinking, I'm in trouble, (laughs) you know, but up to that point, I didn't know that I was broke. It never hit me that I was in trouble or I was broke. I had these credit cards that I used to live on. And so if I wanted to go out to eat, I went out to eat. If I wanted to go out to, you know, for shopping or whatever, I did it. As long as I could make my minimum payments, I felt like I was doing the right thing. Like I was okay. I didn't understand the 911 about it. I didn't understand how important it was to start saving or investing. No one had ever shown me these things.
0: Can, so, I, can, I, can I stop you on that? Because what's, Coming out kind of as shocking to me, and and I think might be something that you could speak to. So often, you know, it sounds like you started off kind of on the classic entrepreneurial journey of of a couple of failures, and the fact that you were able to kind of keep going—that's one piece. And the second piece was like after you after you had this realization that oh hey you know by the way if I you know the, the minimum payments is not actually helping me out at all. In fact, it's kind of putting me in a big hole what, what is it, what did it take for you to kind of keep going? And I I hopefully, I know there's going to be a happier ending to this, to this situation here. What, what are the character traits that you have inside of yourself that allow you to basically not give up? Because so far it's sounding like a pretty, a pretty sad story. So,
1: you know, well, you know, interestingly enough, and I was just talking to someone about this literally yesterday was that i didn't have another option <laughs> you know um so i think that for some people they have options you know so i think for me if i you know if i couldn't pay my bills i didn't have anywhere to go you know i watched my parents um essentially you know they made some bad financial choices themselves so it wasn't like i could go to them and say hey can you pay my bills for me they couldn't so for me, it was like, I had to figure it out one way or another. So it was like one of those things where you have to be resourceful. It's like, okay, well, I'm gonna, if this doesn't work, then this has to, something has to work. So I didn't have a choice, <laughs> but you know, when I, when I got the information that I got from this seminar, that was the first time that it hit me. So, you know, I was still going day to day buying stuff eating out shopping you know because i didn't know that it was a problem so i had all this credit card debt but i thought that that was normal i just thought that's what you do that's just how people live like everyone has credit card debt but when it's when when someone draws a picture for you and says this is what it is today but if you don't get a hold of it this is what it's going to look like because i didn't have the ability to make larger than minimum payments So there was only one, I mean, it was ballooning. It was just, it was just ballooning. So again, I think lack of education is the worst part of it. So once you're educated, you have one choice and that's to do something about it. And it's, you have to find a solution. And so luckily for me, I got the education with a solution. It was here, we're going to help you fix this problem. And so I had to also be open to believing it. Cause I think for me also, um, I was really skeptical. I was like, how are these people going to help me? Um, so I had to have some faith there and say, okay, well, nobody else out there is number one, educating me about this and nobody else is giving me an opportunity to help me out of the situation. So it was one of those things where I don't have another option. So I'm going to give this a shot.
0: So I want to repeat. I want to repeat back because I think this is absolutely important. I think you're you're, you're echoing what the uh, what Damon John writes about in the in the Power of Broke. This idea that when your back is to the wall, while while people think oh, I never want to be there, that's actually a very strategic position to be because if there's no other options, then you got to go through. So that that sounds like the first piece you're saying. The second piece you're saying is that even if you are kind of down and out and in a lot of trouble, you're only a little bit away from the education or the solution that can can get you kind of the next step so you know don't despair and the third thing which is absolutely which is so incredible and i see this in a lot of different businesses all, you know across the board is, is that people are very skeptical in general and so the people that are able to grow out of that place that they're in have to have a little bit of faith to say well I'm going to give it a try. And, you know, you can put out a million different options in front of someone, but if they don't actually say, I'm going to have faith in myself, I'm going to have faith in the process, it's not going to go. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Great. Keep going. You're doing great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, for me, it was one of those things where I realized I had to fix this problem. I, I had to make a change and the track that I was on, there, there was no shot for me there. So, you know, I was working in the mortgage and real estate industry, and I looked around at the company that I worked at, and there were probably like 100 people in that office. And I literally went around, and I looked at everybody around, and I, I was asking them, like, how successful were they? You know, like, how long had they been there? And I couldn't find anybody that was living the way that I wanted to live. Um, there wasn't anyone there that was an example of success. So to me, I was like, you know, literally thinking through this, this isn't the path that I should be on if there's nobody here that's an example of success. So, you know, after uh, doing some research, good and bad, on the company that I aligned with, um, there were a lot of examples of success. And so even though I was skeptical, um, I gave it a shot. And so I ventured into the uh, industry of financial services, financial literacy, and you know, literally changed tracks, and that was 20 years ago. And um, here I am today.
0: So, so okay. So I'm sure there's a lot of details in those 20 years, but but maybe if you could tell me a little bit about some of the lessons as having been in a, in, on, you know, been an entrepreneur for now over two decades, you've had tremendous amount of success. And also one of the beautiful things just to tell the listeners about is it's not like you're sitting in an office by yourself, but, but part of how you build businesses is you help other people build businesses. So maybe give me a couple of concepts or lessons you learned over the journey that you feel is crucial either to your own success or to what people need in order to be successful.
1: So you just said, something very critical there. So there's a difference between being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. And that was something that I had to learn. And that was something I literally remember the day that that clicked for me because for a while there I was operating in a place of, uh, of me and I was operating in a place of um, you know, in our world, it was called just production. So in the financial industry um, I got my licenses And I started helping um, people, families, business owners um, figure out their own money situation. So kind of like the situation I was in, I wasn't saving anything. Um, I had credit card debt. Uh, I was just making all the wrong choices for myself. So I had to get my financial life in order. And then I was able to start helping other people do the same. But it was just me. So even when I opened up my own office as an entrepreneur, Um, That was really what my focus was, was helping clients. So I had an office and, you know, I would wake up in the morning and I'd go to work when I felt like going to work. And that was essentially, it was me going to work as an entrepreneur. So I controlled my time. I controlled my schedule. um, But I wasn't operating as a business owner. And so I remember a couple of years in, I was a little frustrated. I was earning a six figure income. So that was good. But I wasn't scaling my business and I didn't have freedom. And so what I did was I actually hired a business coach. And one of the first things my business coach said to me was, um, Hannah, you're not a business owner, you're self-employed. And I said, no, I'm a business owner. I own a business. And he says, no, you are self-employed. You need to switch your mindset from being an entrepreneur, self-employed person to being an entrepreneur, business owner. If you want to, if you want to own your time back, if you want to have the ability to have passive residual income, you need to switch your mindset. And now you need to help other people get what they want. You need to help other people grow their business. And then you will truly be in control over your time. And so I think that you have to really take a look at if you have to go to work on a daily basis, if you have to perform, you know, some type of activity to earn your income, then you are self-employed. But if you've built systems and if you have taught other people to become successful and then you are earning an income from that, then you are a business owner. So that is really um, a major lesson that I learned. I wish I learned it quicker, um, but when you do that, you essentially buy back your freedom, buy back your time, and now you have ownership.
0: In turn, you you mentioned something that that I'm very passionate about, and I think that I mean a I, we know a lot of the same the same mentors, and they're very inspiring for me. When it comes to you hired a business coach, you said it changed your life. When it comes to working with mentors and working with coaches, tell me a little bit about that sort of what the process is like for you, how crucial you feel it is in terms of someone achieving personal or business success, and maybe some of the cool lessons you've learned from mentors over, over, your, uh, over your course in business.
1: Um, I, think, I think mentorship is everything. I think it is so important who you take counsel from. And I think that sometimes we tend to go parent deaf. Um, so, you know, originally when I got into the business, um, I had certain people that were really helping, you know, kind of get me off the ground, um, and and that was great. And those things were very, very important to me. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you need to, you need to hear a message in different ways, and you have different levels of mentorship that you're going to actually uh, be able to to listen to. So um, some of these people are people that you become friends with, but it's really important that the people that you're taking counsel from are number one, people that understand your business. So um, I've hired business coaches that didn't understand my business that have guided me wrong, that have taken me down the wrong path, which are horrible for your business. And then I've also worked with business coaches that really understood um, our business, and also where we wanted to go. And those types of coaches are incredible for your business. Um, and then also people that are already successful in your company or in your business. And, um, and sometimes they have a vested interest in you and sometimes they don't. So some of the uh, people that I've considered my greatest mentors are people that have become friends of mine that maybe they're very strong in their spiritual life maybe they're very strong in you know in their finances or in different areas um, but you go to them for different reasons you know so there have been times where I've struggled or um, you know just I've had those moments where I've wanted to to quit or you know just give up and and these are people that um, that I can call and that you know they'll kind of get me back on line, you know, get me back in line. And, you know, they'll just, they'll say the right thing at the right time. But it's really, really important that if you're talking to the wrong people, if you're taking counsel from the wrong people, they're waiting for you to say, this is too hard and I want to give up. And they're waiting for you to say that because they're going to say, I knew you'd get to that point where you want to give up. You know, yeah, I always knew that you would smarten up, you know, so you have to be really, really conscious of the people that you're talking to. And you have to be smart enough to know that if someone says that to you, you can't listen to that. You know good advice from bad advice. You know, So sometimes you're, you're looking for advice, but you also have to know what feels right to you and what doesn't feel right to you. So I think internally, we, we always really know what's, what the answers are. We're just looking for that uh, confirmation. Um, But that's why I think that it's, it's important that, um, you're working with people that are where you want to be, or they're, they're going where you want to go. Um, and it, I think that mentorship is everything. It literally can make you or break you. And I've, I've literally seen times in my business where I've brought in coaches that have tried to take me down a different path and you can't. You, you have to cut that off real quick. Um, and coaches that, that want to guide you to the right place, those those are the best.
0: One of the things that's really exciting about what I've, I've seen you doing is that oftentimes you, you reach and you reach far. And I know that you do a lot of work with professional athletes. Tell me a little bit about what that experience is like going outside of your comfort zone and sort of building uh, strategic business friendship relationships with people that Again, you, you you brought up, you come from very humble beginnings and, you know, you've built your career over a long trajectory. What's it like? How do you kind of get over some of those initial fears? Do you have those fears per se? Do you have that sense of like, ah, should I talk to this person or not? How do you get over that? And what, the, what has that experience been like for you?
1: So, you know, I think, I think for me, when I first started, um, I had a ton of fear about talking to anybody because I wasn't confident in what I was doing. But, you know, I think you just essentially kind of have to get out there and understand that it's okay to say, "Um, I don't know the answer to that, but let me get back to you, you know? And I think that when you're comfortable, um, knowing that you're never gonna really know everything, So, and I always tell people that like, you're, you're never going to get to a point where you're going to know everything. So even, even literally before this call, I had someone call me and say, Hey, this is a situation. What would you do? And I said, I would reach out and I'd get help from someone else, you know, get, get help from, you know, a carrier, get help from, you know, an attorney because we don't have all the answers and it's okay. You have to be comfortable with that. um, Number one. So number two is that I remember when I was new in the business, I was 22 years old. 22. And I remember my first few experiences was, you know, walking into a CPA's office or in an attorney's office. And I remember thinking, you know, okay, so how am I going to handle this? And um, one of the CPAs I ended up building a very strong um, relationship with, uh, he was in his 60s. And we did a presentation and he he made this joke for years and years after I walked into his office, sat down with him and he said, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to teach you how money works. And he kind of laughed and he's like, I've been a CPA longer than you've been alive. And I said, yes, I know. And I said, this is the training purposes for the person we were working with. And we ended up showing him, you know, our standard presentation. And he says, wow, this is incredible. I've never seen it, you know, um, Illustrated this way, and he actually ended up partnering up with us. And you know, that partnership lasted until he retired, which was incredible. And you know, we've done that with doctors, with lawyers, many lawyers. Um, And so I realized, you know what, these are everyday people. So it doesn't matter what their credentials are, it doesn't matter how educated they are, unless they've been educated on financial literacy, unless they've been educated in the money business, they probably don't know this stuff. So, you know, um, it's very rare, it's very rare that I sit down with someone that really understands how all this stuff works. In fact, I was just reading an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, where they were trying to dissect insurance policies. And at the end, it literally said you need to have a degree in finance, an actuarial degree and all these different things to understand, but they were writing an article in the Wall Street Journal. And by the end of the article, I was like, this article doesn't even make sense. So you have to really make sense of all of this stuff that's out there and all the people are out there and realize these are just people. If they're, if, if they have a job, if they're writing articles, if they're doing podcasts, it doesn't matter. We're all just people and everyone's really just trying to reach their goals, trying to live their life, pay their bills, raise their children. We all have the same. Stuff. So I think that when you can really come from a place of, of, you know, just being at peace with that, then you can really connect with anybody and your, your, your fear will go away.
0: That's speaking of, okay, great. So thank you, fantastic. Speaking of fear and the complexity around finances, I think that there's no you know, better time uh, to, to look at that as we are potentially in the, um, we're in an interesting time in, in, in American history and world history. What are your thoughts about, how people can look at their finances now. Again, there's, there, like you said, that for so many people, you know, finances is something that people with you know, uh, business suits do somewhere you know, in a place in New York, and you know, they're just trying to live their own life. So, so what kind of advice are you giving? What kind of um, reassurances do you have at this time versus other times, and kind of how someone should look at money now?
1: It's a great question. I honestly believe the most important advice I can ever give anybody right now is to get educated. I don't care if you have someone that's helping you right now. I don't care if you're working with someone, if you've got the greatest person in the world working with you who's been doing it for 40 years. I don't care. You've got to learn this stuff yourself. You've got to understand how this stuff works. It's like nine one one because in almost every, situation when I'm working with clients and they tell me that they're good, they tell me that they've got it all worked out, They've got someone that's doing it for them. When I say that's great, let's just take a look. Let's just, let's do a review. In almost every single case, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's really happening. So I think it's extremely important that they know what's going on they have to know
0: what do you you, i'm sorry to interrupt you what do you what do you attribute that to if you're seeing such a high percentage of that this must be again unless you're working with like a random population i'm sure you're working with pretty much everybody like why is there such a lack and why are people so confused
1: because i think that um give an example so you're on the phone with your insurance guy and you're buying your car insurance And you're buying your home insurance. And then the guy says to you, let me throw in your life insurance with that. And you're like, all right, sounds good. Okay, and you just buy it. And you're not really asking a lot of questions because people don't really think about that. They, you know, they spend more time planning their vacation than they do their life insurance policies or their investments. You know, they're sitting with their CPA. Their CPA says, hey, um, I think at the end of the year we should go ahead and throw some money into this product or that product. And they're like, sounds good. So they don't know where their money's going. They don't know what kind of insurance they have. And so five years they bought it from or how many years they have left. Sorry, my internet's bad. Um, Can you hear me still? Gotcha. So in almost every situation, in almost every situation, I'll ask the question, what type of insurance do you have? And they say, I don't know. I think I have this. I think I have that. I think I bought this. I think I bought that. And I say, sounds great. Can you go ahead and pull those documents? Or they'll say, my money is sitting here and it's earning this. And I say, that sounds great. Can you grab me those documents? And almost every time they're wrong. Almost every time they are wrong. Okay. So um, I'll give you another example. They might say, you know, my credit cards are at um, 0%. And I'll say, that's great. Can you grab those for me? And they grab them and then they open them up and they're like, oh, <gasps> it's 27%. So you got to know, you just have to know you have to know because once we know it's kind of like me sitting in that seminar, having no clue what was going on. And once I got this education, now I can take action. So you know, we go to the doctor to get a checkup, right? Because we want to know, we get on the scale, we want to know what our weight is. You know, we do our blood work because we want how to know how are things looking. So if you never know what's going on, how, how can you know how your health is? So this is a, it's a financial checkup. You've got to know. So again, I don't, it's, it's not anybody's fault. It's just that if you haven't had a checkup, if you're not analyzing your documents, How does how does the average person know? If the average person that works in the industry can't really understand this stuff, how is the average person who's a teacher or who is you know working a regular job? How are they going to know this stuff? So, just get educated and understand. That way, you know where you're at, and you can start creating some goals. Just like you would want to you know plan out your vacation, just like you want to plan out your meals for the day, plan out your money. So understand, like, I think this whole thing with COVID has woken people up. That's why they say life insurance applications are up 50%. People are now starting to understand, okay, I do need to have an emergency fund. Okay, I do need to start saving for retirement. Um, Someone gave a really good um, example on social media. They said, imagine this quarantine is like retirement. Your income stops, but your expenses don't. So if you are in quarantine for the rest of your life, can you pay your bills with no paycheck coming in for the rest of your life? The answer is no, then you need a plan B.
0: Wow, um, fantastic, thank you. A- out of curiosity, as someone that's been you know, just in business as long as you have been, what, what fires you up when you think about, you know, your next, your next 20, 20 years in business per, per se, or, or, or the future for you, what, what are you most excited about?
1: I just, I love, I love this. I love what we do. Um, I love the fact that we really get to change people's lives and educate people. Um, it is the best feeling in the world when you get to essentially open someone's eyes, you know, because. I would say, and, and I think we were talking about this before, for me it used to be, I used to believe and our crusade as a company was that, hey, the wealthy, the ultra high net worth, they've known this stuff forever and everybody else doesn't know it. And so we were essentially educating the masses. But what I've realized the last few years is that that wealthy 1%, they don't know either. They don't know either, and so now what I'm starting to realize is that everybody needs this information, and I think people are hungrier than ever. And this whole quarantine has put people in a position to now they want to know. You know, everyone's talking about this whole you know concept of being woken up. So now they're like, yes, get, you know, get me educated, get me this information. So people that would have never, ever, ever been open to it before are now saying, yes, I, I want to understand it. So that fires me up so much. And I just know that we have such such a huge mission. And um, I think that we can literally change thousands, if not millions, of people's lives. And that really fires me up. It really honestly fires me up. So I'm excited to come out of the quarantine. And I think people right now are hungrier than ever. And it's, uh, it's, it's the best feeling in the world.
0: Outstanding! Thank you so much, Hannah. Could you just tell tell the listeners where they can find out more information about the work that you do? Maybe you personally, like you know, how how can people connect with what you're doing?
1: Sure. Um, so if they want to reach out to me on my social media on Instagram, it's Hannah. Lisa L I Z A Hornstein, and that's Hannah with no H, so it's H A N N A. Dot L I Z A. Dot H O R E N S-T-E-I-N. So uh, reach out to me on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way. Perfect.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: There you have it, folks. Another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, We have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.